Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. I'm Rochelle Doyle. And I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And in this episode, we're going to explore our past year in order to learn about ourselves and to help define our goals for today. What is one undeveloped talent that you're going to pursue this coming year? In typical controlling fashion, I chose too many. I would like to work on beekeeping. The bees chose me. They landed in my yard and... It's been so neat to be able to learn about them and take on beekeeping, but I'd like to have a little bit more knowledge. I'm getting the opportunity to create a little bit more space in my life once I complete my master's program. So beekeeping, yoga is something I want to create space for in my life. I think just in terms of really valuing mindfulness and needing to stay centered and physically active. This will be a great way to go about it. Then looking at a couple of other things too. One thing that I would like to get more comfortable with is public speaking. I can speak to you like this all day. And then if you put me in front of a group of people, I just, my brain fries. I can't remember my words. It'll be the most simple thing. There was one that happened recently where I was like, I hate my brain. I hate my brain so much because it was something akin to my address that I would know. I know this information and yet in front of a hundred people, I don't know it anymore. Maybe those are all intertwined into mindfulness. Yeah, for sure. What about you? What's an undeveloped talent you're willing to explore in the coming year? I am writing my book and I'm doing it. I'm exploring it and it's something I've always wanted to do. So I'm going for it and it will be done by December 31st, 2021. Let's talk about this. What gave you the will force to write this book now when it's something you've always wanted to do? I've been wanting to do this for a long time and have been toying with different concepts here and there. And it just all finally came together. And I just was like, yep, that's what it is. I need to do this. Yeah. I've had book concepts before that have been like that. And I just didn't like launch into them. But when you study up on different writers, ideas come into your head and they go quickly and you have to grab onto them and move forward with them. But I hadn't been doing that. Could this just be like the book that's supposed to be written at this point in time? Sure. And there could have been great books in the past that I could have written. But I'm also feeling, I think, partly because of the pandemic, I'm just like, you need to go for shit in your life. Just go for it. I can't wait. Cindy, it's so funny, though, because you and I have talked about this time and time again, that there's some people that are like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, and I'm just going to go for it. And we both are like, but how did you pick? (laughs) There's so much that you can do in your life. And so it sounds like what you're saying you've done is picked something, not necessarily closing off the doors for everything else, but 
you just said, look, this is a good one. I'm going to go with it. It doesn't mean it's the only option, but this is the best one for right now. Yeah. And just like what you couldn't just say one thing, you had other things and maybe that's okay. Maybe not everyone has this one thing. I think you and I've talked many times before about we want to have this one thing. It doesn't have to be this one thing. Maybe we're people that have several things and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And it just makes your life more interesting. People do that all the time. They lead different lives. They were like a fashion designer and now they're I don't know, working at the post office or who knows, you know, everyone has different things that they do in their lives and that's okay. Yeah. What makes it hard to lean into that space is what we're supposed to do in quotation marks, which is build up and up and up and up and up and have the white picket fence. And not everybody is that way. Well, maybe that's the 10,000 hours. Like some people get the 10,000 hours in one thing, like Bill Gates, like computer programming, like that's my 10,000 hours and I'm going to get more and more hours. And maybe someone else is like, well, I can get 10,000 hours in this, 10,000 hours in that. That's okay. But I think our society, I think living in the United States, our society honors people that like are experts in one thing. I agree. And I think, that what a person can do, because what I've just done, and it's actually just now in talking to you, what if you took all those different things that you like to do and looked for the themes behind them? So I enjoy beekeeping because it forces me to slow down in a way that my brain does not normally slow down and teaches me how to be patient and gentle I am looking for that same thing out of yoga and the same sort of anxiety override out of getting more confidence in public speaking. There's this thread of mindfulness. So while it is that you and I are talking now about mindfulness, I'm having this aha moment of it's all the same day. This is what was supposed to happen all along. And it's different channels of trying to do it. And I think anybody could do that and say, okay, so I worked at the grocery store. Then I worked in retail for two years and I liked that and wanted to move on. And what if the overarching story was, I really enjoy customer service and I can figure out how to excel people's customer service in some way. Yeah. Looking for themes in your life. You know what I think is amazing, Rochelle, is that you said the bees found you. And isn't that kind of faith? You slowed down enough to listen and then they found you. Yeah. And you're slowing down enough to listen to the themes connecting in your life too, which is all mindfulness. So it's all intertwined. It is. And the other thing that you and other people contribute to, I never would have thought of being a beekeeper until someone texted me and said, why wouldn't you? You'd be an amazing beekeeper. And then all of us, like prior to that silly text, It wasn't even on my mind, but one person Mm -hmm. chose to speak life into this idea. And I thought, why can't I do it? So the importance of who you keep around you is really critical too, because you and I have these great conversations without you. I'd be trying to have them by myself, but probably not. (laughs) Not in the same way. (laughs) When I talk to myself, I sometimes agree too much with myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also true that little comment that someone made to you about you'd be a really great beekeeper. 
that's part of being open to the universe and things that come into your life. That's faith. Just having faith in the universe, God, whatever you believe will steer you in the right direction, right? You have to slow down and listen to the world in order to hear the messages. If you think about all those things you just were talking about that are all mindfulness, the world is telling you to be more mindful. There's a theme there and it's about listening to that and not being so, we've talked about this before too, Rochelle, like being busy is a numbing behavior. Being busy is almost an addiction and it's an addiction to drowning out voices you might need to hear. I agree. (laughs) Whether you like them or not. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think listening to yourself, you're hanging out with more positive people that will bring out a more positive outcome in whatever you're trying to pursue too. Yeah. Because when you're down and out and you're maybe busying yourself to numb yourself, you're probably having more negative behaviors and hanging out with more negative people and that. Right. The spiral is totally true. Yeah. So then on that, what do you think brings you the most joy and how are you going to do or have more of that in this coming year? I really want to travel more and that's hard because we can't travel right now due to a global pandemic that we're in. I'm so tired of it. I'm tired <laughs> right of now. it. I just want to go to Italy. I want to go to all different places in Europe. And, and it's also a reminder that there's so much right here in your backyard that you can travel to and do just like Mike and I took this gorgeous hike this weekend. It was amazing. And it was an hour and a half from my house. So there are still things like that you can do and you can get to like down and out that you can't actually go to Italy where you want to be. But I want to have more adventure in my life. And this is a part of my new work scenario as well. Not being so attached to, I have to work 24 seven because the world will stop without me. That's not true. And I need to make space for what I need. And that replenishes me traveling and doing things outside of work. And how I'm going to get to it is by trying to work less. (laughs) So (laughs) what about you? These conversations. Yeah. Being able to focus on mindfulness for a little bit and remember opportunities to break up the monotony of whatever's happening. It's driving me crazy at work or in my personal life or in my own, let's call it sludginess. Right now I'm in that place where I haven't worked out in one week and I need to, I've been doing so good and I just need to do it, but I don't feel like it. And I feel like having accountability partners and conversations about keeping your head above Whatever else is going on around you can really be helpful. There's that active faith again. <laughs> you got to actively do something to like, if, if the goal is to feel healthy, you have to actively pursue being healthy. Yeah. Healthy is such a broad term and there's so many different things you have to do to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your mental health in terms of therapy or psychiatry and then there's mindfulness, and then there's exercise, and then there's work-life balance. So being able to keep a piece of yourself focused on that being really important. You know what's hard about that is that like 
me sitting around and watching TV with a like pint of ice cream feels like I'm caring for myself. It's amazing. <laughs> How do you know what's like a sabotaging behavior versus an active faith kind of scenario? Right. Okay. Last Tuesday, I worked out. Wednesday, I did not. No problem. Usually every other day. Thursday, I did not. You know what? Give yourself a break, Rochelle. Friday, I did not. The weekend's coming. You'll do it then. Saturday, I did not. You should probably start doing this soon. Sunday and Monday, I also did not. So now I'm at that point where doing nothing is my ice cream. Right? I'm like, I've had ice cream Mm -hmm. seven days in a row. So it's not a treat yourself moment anymore. It's becoming a way of life. Right. Like the ice cream's okay if you don't have too much of it. (laughs) Yeah. Ice cream isn't my habit and not moving my body isn't my habit. My habit is to move my body and it needs to stay that way. The Dalai Lama was talking about joy and how in order to have joy, you have to do the opposite of what it is that you want to do. It's the same concept with exercise that in order to be healthy, in order to be happy long-term, you need to suffer a little bit and move in a way that's not immediately desirable. But interestingly enough, kids do it all the time, right? Kids are just like bursting with energy. And I wonder what happens when we sit and force ourselves to sit in a chair for eight hours a day at school. Kids are a great example. Like they're just being themselves totally and genuinely authentically. And then somehow we like take them into being someone who's like, ah, I got to do this. Yeah. They have joy and they would probably naturally be fit Mm -hmm. because they just use their bodies and their energies in that way. And somewhere along the line, it's almost like we get trained out of that. I agree. Like with joy and with fitness and with just being authentically you, we get tainted along the way. Mm-hmm. What are you most committed to loving and serving in the coming year? Right now, I'm really focused on my parents and their health because of COVID-19 and just the realization that they're older and things can happen. And I just really want to focus on them and have that leading a lot of things that I do, choices that I make. Like if I'm going to be gone for a long time, like, do I want to be gone for a long time? My parents are here. They're active now. I need to be with them. And then my main thing this year is just being the creator of my own life. Just really sitting down and saying, what do I want this life to look like for me? And how am I going to get there? I love it. What about you? It feels selfish and I totally don't care. I want to focus on people that fulfill me. And I used to watch Real Housewives of Orange County. And there was this woman, Vicky, that would talk about her love tank not being filled. And I always thought it was the silliest thing. And now I'm like, I want my love tank to be filled. But I was, and I'm sure this is probably a classic part of ending a a long-term relationship. (laughs) By the end... I was putting out a lot of effort and not receiving a whole bunch back. And it taught me a lesson out of what I really want out of life. And it's for me to feel like I'm a valued person or a valued part of the relationship. So I'm looking actively for that component. So I'm looking for people that will fulfill me. And 
it's super helpful to know that because now as I'm testing my little baby, what do you call them? Little armies, my little floaties out in the dating pool again. If somebody's giving me those signs right away that they're not necessarily the type of person to pursue, they're a little bit more lackadaisical. I used to be the person that's like, it's okay. I can plan everything. I don't mind. I'm a take charge kind of person. So let me organize everything. And it's not a problem. I'm at this point now where I recognize in order for me to feel like I'm fulfilled, I need someone who's going to invest that same energy back in me, which Cindy, we will see two people with my level of craziness (gasps) might not be something that's supposed to happen, but it, can't be one-sided in effort for me. Well, and you know, that's like either you have that in your life or you don't really want it if that's not what can be provided. Yeah. It's already helped me to where I was talking to somebody and I was like, okay, so this is the kind of person that if I want to, I could say, Hey, I can check up on you. I could be the driver of communication and everything would be fine. I could probably live the rest of my life that way if it worked for me. It does not work for me because I've done it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And it's a disservice to me to think that I can deal with that. And it's a disservice to another person for me to pretend like I could deal with that because I'm wasting both of our times knowing that I can't. It's so exciting that you know yourself enough to know what you need and what you don't need. A little bit more than last year. It's really good. Yeah keep on that thread. That's like the listening part. That's like paying attention. You're paying attention to yourself instead of just continuing in a relationship that's not working and thinking something's going to change. It's not, it is what it is. And it's like, it either works or it doesn't. And it doesn't mean that either person is bad. It doesn't mean that the other person is ill to do. It doesn't make either one of us evil people. It's just... No, we're not supposed to. It just is. And yeah, there's lovely people out there that might not mesh with me and that's okay. Yeah. Not what's working for me and everyone needs to live their best life. And if you care about someone, you care that they have their best life and their best life is not with you maybe. And that's okay. I think one of the best questions that I got asked, it was after the fact, but it internalized in me gratitude for the decision that was made was a lot of the times couples are in this space where they feel like, and what we, I think felt like is, but we can't just throw away these seven years that we've spent building together. And the other question that came out of that was what happened if we spent another seven years like it is now? And none of that is wasted. All of that has gotten you to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Like maybe in your journey, you had to go through all those steps to be able to be a person that can hear and see what you actually need. Like it's not all gone. It's part of like, it taught you a lot. You've learned from it. Mm -hmm. It's like an education. It's an interesting mindset. Yeah. In work. You never leave a work career and say, ugh, I gave them the best four years of my life. No, it's a stepping stone to get to wherever it is in life. And you say, I love this part of the job. I hate that part of the job. Mm -hmm. And you figure out what your next steps are. And hopefully they're a little bit better for you. Yeah. Or sometimes not. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Wilson. But you're at least striving to get there. Like it's another step. If you did the same thing your whole life and never changed, you wouldn't learn. You learn from every experience you have. Exactly. You know, you have to be out there and be adventurous.